voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. Where is God when the storms come? Are we simply prisoners of the merciless winds of adversity? Who is our loving Heavenly Father in control over every circumstance, good or bad, painful or pleasant? Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory that is due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory of God thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Today, you and I are going to learn how to be storm riders. Not to be engulfed, suppressed, oppressed, depressed, compressed by the storm but in the storm to know that we can praise him and trust him because he is our hope, he is our strength, he is our security, he is our rock. This psalm actually is, is a kind of a hymn. It is a hymn praising God for his awesome power. And a, the thunderstorm that's described here is as a visible sign of God's majestic voice. Um, probably the reason this psalm appears is because the people of God in the Old Testament were surrounded by those who followed another religion or lots of religions, the Canaanite religions, and, and they were boasting of their God, Baal. Baal, he is the Lord of the storm and you need to worship him, you need to sacrifice to him or it won't go well with you. Now, the writer in this psalm sets the record straight. God is the ultimate supreme, all-encompassing storm rider. He controls all things. Nothing happens outside of his control. And because of that, you and I can learn from him and become storm riders today. 
the uh, psalm begins in heaven. There is a heavenly scene where all the celestial beings, the sons of God, are called upon to recognize that there is only one God and he, to him belongs all the power and all the honor and glory. And then the scene shifts into this earthly storm rising up probably around the Mediterranean Sea, just off the coast of Marseille, shooting up the coast, sweeping inland across Lebanon, mounting the mountains of Lebanon, stripping the cedars bare, and finally rolling onto the Kadesh Desert in Syria and still shaking everything in its path. Maybe this storm existed in the imagination of the psalmist, Maybe he'd experienced storms like this. But his intention is to say, do not fear the storm. Serve God. He's in control of everything. The one who is in the storm, the one who determines the storm, the one who rides the storm, the one who's above the storm, he is Lord of all. And so it goes from heaven to earth. And then the final scene goes back to heaven where God is totally unruffled, sitting on his throne, ruling over the celestial sea and saying, come everybody, enter my strength, my blessing and my rest. Now more particularly, the heaven and earthly scenes describe two families. We know that God has an earthly family. We are the family of God. He calls us to be children of God, to mature and become sons of God. But did you know that there was another family before us? A heavenly family. The sons of God of heaven are the angelic beings, the celestial beings, the heavenly beings created by God to assemble before him. And God has made them his first family the heavenly family, the heavenly host. And he marshals their forces and directs their affairs and they cooperate with him. And by that ministry, the nations are governed. By that ministry, even you and I at times may be visited by divine holy beings, by the angels of God, those who are sent to minister to those who are heirs of salvation. So there's a heavenly family, but God says, I don't just want a heavenly family. I'm going to make an earthly family. And so all the morning stars sang together, all the heavenly beings witnessed God create the heavens and the earth and everything in it and finally humanity. And they said, what are you doing? So I am making humanity to be part of my counsel, to be part of my family. And God's purpose was to bring and unite both these families into one glorious family that we might enjoy being with God forever in all our respective theme, uh, spheres. How amazing it is that the, the book of uh, Ephesians says, from whom the Father, from whom all families have been named both in heaven and on earth. So this is a very, very big plan. The beginning in heaven with the counsel of God, the manifestation of his purposes on earth 
things go all messed up because we've abused our free will but, and even some of the celestial beings rebelled and it all gets mixed up but Jesus comes and puts the record straight, fights for us on our behalf, stills the storm around us and finally he is seated in heavenly places and invites us to join him. And that's who we truly are and where we truly are. So the psalm begins with this direction. Give to the Lord. Ascribe to, to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Now, the word here in the Hebrew uh, and in the New King James Version also says heavenly beings, but in the New King James Version and in the Greek Version of the Old Testament supplies sons of God. Sons of God, that's God's heavenly family. And he says, you recognize sons of God that there is only one God and he is Lord of heaven. He is the only one who has absolute authority over all things. He is Lord over his creation, heavenly creation and earthly creation. And so you ascribe to him glory, strength and worship in the splendor of his holiness. It's amazing. The one whom angels worship should never be worshipped. The angel should never be worshipped. They worship God. The angel should never be invoked, calling on angels, looking for guidance, looking for help and protection. That's exactly what God does. And if he chooses to send an angel, well, it's, it's really cool. But we know it all comes from him. These kind of angelic beings are not to be trifled with. Jude, in his epistle, warns people against the kind of slandering of celestial beings that was very common there. We don't mess with them. We don't over-respect them to the point of worship. We don't diminish them to the point of slander. But all the angels' gaze is directed towards the Lord of heaven. And once that's established, it is saying there are no gods or principalities or powers or angels or archangels or celestial beings that are not subject to the name of Jesus and the authority of God the Father. Remember that when you're going through your storm. Can I have an amen in the house of God? So it shifts to earth. And here, all the way through, it is saying one thing. God is over your storm. Whether it's a natural storm, and, and there's so many of that happening today. We've had examples of it in Brazil, huge mudslides, examples in different parts of the world, Mozambique, even now in Texas, all kinds of things. And by saying that God is in control of these natural disasters, I'm not saying that God wills and intends the damage and suffering. That's not the point here. The point here is there's no storm that will strike your life other than the God, the other than that God is already riding it. He is the storm rider. He's in control of all of these things. And so we have nothing to fear. So the storm itself is highly significant because it sweeps up the Mediterranean coast, heads inland towards Lebanon, 
passes over the mountains of Lebanon, including this uh, place that is recorded. Actually, uh, it is another name for, Heb uh, for Hermon. Uh, it is the name Syrian, and that's a Phoenician word for, for Hermon, whether it's that mountain or, or, or the mountain range. And all the cedars of Lebanon are stripped. Why is that so significant? Is it because God is the ultimate storm damage personality that is kind of thing happening because of global warming? Is he the original global warmer? Or is he the original desecrator of the planet? We know that this is a serious business as, as forests throughout the world are being cut down and adding to the whole problem of our environment and ecology. No, no, no. There is a spiritual point. Because where did the cedar come from to build the temple of Baal? Lebanon. In fact, we also know that the cedars of Lebanon were used for, to, to construct the tabernacle, the place of worship for Israel. But here he's saying, I am going to demolish the temple of Baal. I am the God who's in control of everything and you shall have no other gods before me. Why is that significant to us? We need to ask ourselves, what do we really think when things go wrong? When a storm breaks out in our life, the storm of divorce, the storm of redundancy, the storm of joblessness, homelessness, the storm of relational and marital difficulty, the storm of physical illness, the storm of emotional turmoil in our lives, the storm of mental disorder, the storm of lack, and the storm of rejection and neglect. What do we say, God? Well, where are you now? Where are you, God? Oh, oh, oh. Are you hearing, hearing, hearing me? We feel all alone. God has forsaken us, we feel. And there's nothing we can put our eyes on to prove anything different. And at that moment, we need to have a faith, a faith that sees into the invisible, a faith that is indestructible. We can say, I know that my God is in control. Amen. Suffering is very, very real. And um, we can list so many things that cause people hurt. I mean, bereavement. And, and you know, there's this worldly saying, it's a bit superstitious, bad luck comes in runs of three. One relative dies, who is going to be the next two? And this is a little bit superstitious, but, but it kind of reflects on how sometimes it feels. That one thing after the other hits our lives. And the first two blows, we say, okay, God, okay, okay, Lord, we can. Now, after that, say, what are you playing at up there? Don't you care? Don't you know? Are you asleep in the midst of the storm? No, no, no. He is riding it. He's in control of it. And seven times, it talks about the voice of the Lord. Doesn't it? Did you pick them up? The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord flashes forth like flames of fire. What's this talking about? It is all things are under the control of his word. God's word has full control. 
You may be having that sinking feeling, that overwhelming engulfing feeling like the disciples had on the Sea of Galilee when the storm came and, and the water was entering the bits. God, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's time to wake up now, Lord. Hello, hello, hello. Water's coming in. Do you notice this, Lord? We're going under. Hello, Lord. Oh, don't you care that we're perishing? No. The word of the Lord is in control. It doesn't just have the first say and doesn't just have the final say. God's word has the only say. Stand on that word. Know the word of God. And that word has power. And everything is under the control of the one who speaks from the throne. He is the alpha, the source of all things. He is the omega, the purpose of all things. And he's every other letter in the alphabet, Greek, Arabic, or Latin alphabet. He is the A to Z. He is the B and the C and the E and all the rest of it. Don't make me recite it, but anyway. Amen? So we, we, we spend our time in the Word of God. When you're going deep and think you're going under, go deeper in the Word of God and surrender yourself under the Word of God. Be submerged by the Word, not the circumstances. That's how you begin to learn how to ride the storm. Well, praise God. It sounds good and glorious here. And we can say that, oh, my dear brother, oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, that you have been through. Woe is you. And I'm glad it's you and not me. But I won't say that now. I'll just say trust in the Lord. Amen. <laughs> when it hits your life, you say, why did I even say that? And we are tested and we are tried and we are, we are to, to the point of saying, feeling that we are totally helpless and everything is out of control. But no, the God who is Lord over the storm rides the storm. And we, though we are in the storm, can rise with him to a place of peace, rest, confidence and hope. Amen and amen. And you know, I want to emphasize again how, how real this is. You know, when, you, when, you've, when you've been through a tough time, and that is obvious to other people, they can commiserate, encourage, empathize when you lose your job or when things go wrong in your circumstances. But when everything in your life appears as normal to other people, and there are people far worse off than you, they're not willing to hear you open up your heart and say, you know what? My storm, my conflict, my turmoil is what's going on inside. The winds, the tides, the floods, the flashes of lightning, the inner thunderings of a broken spirit, of a soul in distress. We find today that mental health issues are becoming increasingly prevalent. And, and just because 
somebody looks as if everything's okay doesn't mean they are. And very often when somebody says, how are you? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I am going through this level of misery and I don't understand that. And sometimes they can communicate in ways that aren't helpful, that don't invite compassion. But we say, oh, oh, oh okay, well, 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 I'll pray for you. Goodbye. God bless you. See you next Sunday. We must learn to walk with those who are walking through the valley. We are called to be in fellow feeling with those who are going through the storm and, and not in a superficial way, but in a deep, sensitive, but authoritative way. Help people who are bowed down under the depression of barometric pressure, oppressing them in their soul to say, Look, lift, lift up your head, lift up your head. There is the one who rides the storm. He's up there, shall we join him? And through prayer and fellowship and encouragement and enlightenment from the scriptures, we take our place in the heavenlies. and Look down at what's going on underneath us, rather like a jet plane can break through the storm and ride above the storm, so can we. The eagle does not descend to the earth to scratch around in the forest or in the dust, fighting the snake on his own territory. The eagle picks up the snake and carries it into the heavenlies where the snake has no wings, where the snake says, ah, what am I doing up here? I can't work up here. And that's exactly how you deal with the adverse circumstances of your life. We rise up into the heavenlies where Christ is seated. And so this psalm basically says, God is in control over every circumstance, him and no other force or source. Although when we examine, we find that the enemy is the one who whips up storms against us and tries to ride the storm, not for our victory, but for our defeat. Remember Jesus, there he was in the boat, fast asleep. Like Kensington Temple people who've been out at an all-night prayer meeting. And the storm comes in that Sea of Galilee and, and we have all of these disciples, many of them who are hardened uh, fishermen who know the, that lake by the back of their hands and know how it could just beat up like that. And they were in danger. They were afraid. The water was coming in and the wind was howling and raving. And they, come on, Jesus, where, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? He's asleep. You're asleep. Don't you care? We're about to drown. Wake up, will you? And Jesus sits up, looks around and is astonished. Where, where's, where's your faith? And there he is, perfect peace, perfect rest. Why? Because he knows Psalm 29. Also, he's in the, up there in the heavenlies with the Father from all eternity. He is not one of the heavenly sons of God. He's not one of the earthly sons of God. He is the eternal son of God of the eternal Father. He knows it all. Amen and amen. And don't forget that that Jesus has received all authority in heaven and on the earth. The name of Jesus is above every other name and every storm that can be named 
over your life or in your life, he has the capacity to say what he said on that occasion. Peace be still. The language used is very common kind of colloquial language. It applies to farm animals, especially those that have teeth. It's rather like what you do to a pit bull. A pit bull, angry, aggressive, teeth the size of kitchen knives and as sharp as razor blades. What do you do? You muzzle it. You muzzle it. That's what the word means. Be muzzled. Be muzzled. It's, 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 not a, it's, a, it's a term of rebuke. I mean, the strongest I could go on the platform to say is, is he said to the wind and the waves, shut up. Shut up. In other words, for it, there's a French expression, which I won't use because they tell me it's not so polite. But Jesus wasn't being polite. Why? Because he was dealing with the devil. The storm was somehow taken over, whipped up by the devil. And we know that the Lord is the Lord of the storm. And so the storm rider says, devil, get out of this, ain't your storm. And it's over. And immediately it was calm. Now, there are times in your life, yeah, times in your life when God will lead you and give you the authority to speak over your storm and say, storm, enough. And it will stop. It will stop. Even physical storms have been stopped by men and women of God who declare it in Jesus' name. Hurricanes have turned their course, changed their course. But the truth is, it doesn't always happen that way. Many of the storms that come to us, we are expected to ride and to go through because in it, God is doing something very special. Why does this psalm begin in heaven? Because God is proving to the heavenly powers who is in control of the earth. And we are in the middle of the storm and the angels are watching us. Let me show you a verse. Ephesians 3 verse 10. I'm, I'm hoping to do a long series, of, well, a strong series on the unseen realm, on the, heaven, on the heavenly angels, and to begin to understand that it's such a blessing, particularly as one of the hallmarks of a mighty move of God, can often be strong angelic ministration and visitation. And we need to get our understanding right in this area. Ephesians 3 verse 10, this is about the gospel. Paul is talking about the gospel, the unsearchable riches of Christ, the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, verse 10, so that through the church, who's the church? Us. Through us, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. They are watching us and God is speaking to them through us. We are the pen and ink by which God declares his majesty and glory so that the heavenly beings can look at that and say, wow, the mercy, the grace, the riches of God 
the people of God who endure hardship for the sake of Christ, the people who refuse to curse God and die when they're in the middle of distress, the people who say, I don't know where you are, Lord, and if you're asleep in the back of the boat, please wake up, but in the meantime, I'll just keep on praising you. I'll trust you. I'll become a storm rider. I will not be phased. I will not be put down. I'll not be oppressed, suppressed, depressed, compressed, or repressed in the presence of the storm because I know the one who rides the storm, the one who is the Lord of all, and the one is working out his story in my life, writing a story that will be known in heaven, writing a story through the way in which you hear the voice of God in times of trouble and don't turn away from him but dig deeper into the word of God. When you, in the time of storm and trouble, don't abandon God and continue to worship Him in the place of worship, where you don't leave the quiet time empty, but you occupy it daily with increased intensity, developing your intimacy with God and calling upon Him, knowing that He will never let you down. That's a story worth telling. Amen and amen. Praise God. Let me carry on reading. Verse 11, Ephesians 3, verse 10. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence. It's almost a rap, isn't it? Boldness, access, confidence. But a syncopation would be there. Boldness, access, confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is for your glory. So Jesus knew Psalm 29. More than that, he knew the Father. More than that, he was one with the Father, eternally with the Father from all eternity. The Son of God, not merely one of the heavenly sons of God, but the eternal, unique Son of God. He knew the authority of the Father and shared the authority of the Father. He knew the true nature of the battle against the storm, which was spiritual. Make a statement. I don't want to exaggerate it or get you carried away in the wrong direction. Every storm in your life is a spiritual storm. In other words, there are spiritual issues to develop you, to make you watertight so your faith won't squeak with a damp bit of water where no earthly umbrella, you try and put an umbrella in a storm and it'll whisk you away like Mary Poppins. You need something more than human earthly defenses. You need the banner of the Lord. You need the glory of God. You need the peace of God. You need the strength of God. You need the blessing of God to keep you in times of distress. Every storm in your life is a spiritual storm. God has already defeated, destroyed, overthrown, and disarmed every demonic power. All those fallen angels, they can just keep on falling, but we are rising into the presence of God. So this tells you God is in charge, not the devil. Even if things happen, that you say, that's not God. Well, I'm not saying everything is of God in that way. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, Satan has requested to take you and pound you. And I've said, yes, but do not be afraid. I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And that's what we see at the end. 
the Lord seated on his throne with the sea beneath him. This is the celestial sea. This is the picture of the heavenly state. And what's he doing? Is he exhausted? No, he's taking his place of authority. Take your place of authority over my life, Lord. Manifest your descending authority in my life. I surrender to your authority. Therefore, it means that I am in line for a blessing. Strength for the storm. Blessing in the soul. And a peace that endures and passes all understanding. You are on display, but you are going to inherit his rest. So God says, become a storm rider, not a mumbler, grumbler, and complainer. You can hear two rumbling sounds when thunder comes, first the circumstances, and secondly, our response to them. But God says, no, let your murmurings turn to praise, 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 praise Jesus. We know who you are. We know where you are. We have nothing to fear. You have conquered death, hell, and the grave. Jesus came and went through the biggest storm of history. That supernatural storm, all your waves and billows rose over me, but I trust you. I will not be afraid, and you have set me on high at the right hand of the heavenly Father. You and I have the name of Jesus. You and I have the protection of the blood of Jesus. You and I have the wisdom of the word of God, where the voice of the Lord is heard in the midst of the storm. And we put our trust in the rock whose name is Christ Jesus. Amen, amen. amen. Give him a big praise. Let's bring everybody up here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen to the storm. Listen to the storm. The storm is God's voice. He's saying, I'm in control. I'm in control. The devil is not in control. I'm in control and I will bring you through. I am the storm rider and I can teach you to ride the storm with me, walking on the water with Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Father, I pray for the gracious work and influence of the Holy Spirit touch our lives. Everybody under the sound of my voice, those watching online, those watching any downloads, anybody anywhere who hears these words, let them know of a truth. God is with you. He will not fail you. He is the Lord of the storm and you can ride the storm. You can become a storm rider. Pour out your Holy Spirit every person do what only you can do the wind of God blow blow the heavenly breeze of God blow blow thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus.
Don't just sing it. Believe it. Live it. He's the faithful one.
upon you. I cry out to you again and again. Just hang in there. You know, remember we were singing that? I call upon you. Is it? I call upon you or I cry out to you. I cry out to you. You know, they don't remember the words. I remember. I call out to you. Thank you. I call out to you again and again and again. Don't stop calling upon the name of the Lord. Don't stop praying. And right now I want you to do that. We're going to change this meeting into a prayer meeting right now. I want you to lift your voice right now. This is time you can shout it out. I want you to call upon the Lord for His help, for your life your situation, for the people around you, for the people that you're ministering to. And in a moment, we're going to rebuke the wind and the rays, and we're going to say, be still, and peace rule. Everybody, lift up your voice right now. Everybody pray. You watching online as well, pray right now. Don't worry about the person next to you. Call upon Him again. Call upon Him again, oh God. My Heavenly Father, you who controls the direction of all things, you who have the whole world, the whole universe in your hand, one word from you and the storm will cease. One word from you and we will be strengthened. One word from you and the breakthrough will happen. But in the meantime, we'll call upon you again and again and again. We believe it, Lord.
from this place. Keep that going. Don't move from this place. I need to interrupt this praise and worship to share with you a little download from the Holy Spirit. What I heard was the verse, out of the mouths of children and infants, you have perfected praise. Why? To silence the foe and the avenger. You get what I'm saying? We're gonna, in a moment, I'm just gonna release you and you declare whatever praises. You can jump up and down, you can sit down, you can kneel, you can make a peep or you can make a shout. But in any way, you praise the Lord. And as you praise the Lord, something is going to happen. The, the enemy is gonna be pushed back and, and, and he's gonna be silent. Amen and amen. And on top of that, I'm gonna rebuke the wind and the waves and the storms of your life and let God work out how He does it. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Praise Him. <laughs> 